All right, so we are the Smoking Jays. We're here to discuss relationships, marriage, and parenthood. Parenthood. A podcast about three guys, three chapters, three attitudes. Attitudes. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a bonus special episode of the Smoking Jays. Um, again, we are without our uh, our special guest character, person, host. Um, no, John. Does that Bone. surprise you? Um, However, obviously, as you could hear, we do have the dad bod aficionado, Mr. Johnny G. Uh, good evening, sir. Good um, evening. Welcome, welcome. I am just Jared. Uh, we do, however, have a third man in the quote, quote, booth um, caller. Say hello to the, to the listeners. Hello, hello. What's going on? <laughs> it's Wade. I think I should be professional for this episode. I feel like it's going to be very serious. I'm going to go my government at this well, point. <laughs> I, I figure, I figure we we get the we get the fun out of the way, and then we'll 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 talk serious. So, oh yeah, yes, it is uh, Mr. Wade Ilson from the most lavish podcast available exclusively here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. So, um, what uh, re- real quick before we get too too serious, uh, what uh. What excitement do we have uh, coming up? Because I know you've been you've been very hot on all of the Peacemaker episodes. I know you've been saying how much you dislike that show so much. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's a garbage show. It's so bad. <laughs> so trash. The worst intro is, ever. Worst intro ever. Just so skippable. So skippable. But um, yeah this this week we have some. I have a special guest or two coming on f- to talk more about Peacemaker. And these next two episodes are going to be mind-blowing from what James Gunn has said. And that episode will be dropping this Saturday at 10 a.m. Here on the 4th World Pop Network. That. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Cheap there it is. Can't wait. Can't wait because uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's episode. I still, I know we just got new Boba Fett today. I got to watch that too. Got to make sure I'm all brushed up. So, mm-hmm. and Mr. G, what what do you have going on before we get all? I'm trying to get ready for my kids' racing season. We, um, you know, I'm lining up some sponsorships um, to help pay for the season. It's uh, very expensive. <laughs> um, yeah. So so. Um, for uh for brother wade over here my my son john is going to be eight uh in about three weeks and uh he does some uh, quarter midget racing which are basically like uh glorified go-karts um you know but um around a track you know full safety gear helmet uh um safety restraints all that kind of stuff um and he uh started out because we're all race fans it started out a couple years ago where we thought it might be a good idea to try and take him out to like an arriving drive where you can test it all out. And, uh, he did it, loved it, you know, fell in love with it, whatever. And, um, so last year we spent probably about 10 grand, um, getting fitted for all this. We, uh, we bought two cars. Uh, well, we started one car, I had to buy a trailer. Now, a lot of this, I get back, you know, it's an investment, you know, holds its value so the trailer i can actually sell for probably 50 percent more than i bought, bought it for already um but the cars the parts um a lot of traveling a lot of time so to help pay for it um we try to get local companies to help uh sponsor you know much like it would in a little league or a soccer you know peewee football um you see the signs around the fields that helps um pay for stuff so putting together um a new paint scheme for the second car with the new sponsors. And um, that's been occupying my time, but uh, the season is fastly approaching um, seven weeks till the drop of the green flag on, uh, on the first race weekend. So time Let's crunch go. time, not me. No, never. 
So, so yeah, so that's that. Oh, and uh, and my uh, we talked about on the last episode, or I think it was last episode, with the toddler thing and kids co sleeping or whatever. So we put Walker in it. his own toddler bed. We know how you feel. We've got <laughs> a whole uh, an episode dedicated to it. Well, just in case somebody missed it. Yeah. Um, we got him in his own toddler bed, um, which is great. He loves it. He falls asleep in it, takes his naps in it. He, he has no qualms about it. Um, but it has not helped the waking up in the middle of the night. So now, 17 months old, I think. Let's see. Year and a half. It's eight, 18 months, basically. This month, it'll Year be 18 months. So every night, just about with the, I could probably count on one hand the amount of times he slept through the night in a year and a half. And, um, and I'm, you know, in the beginning, we used to kind of tag team that, or we would alternate days, but uh, my fiance is 34 weeks pregnant um, with our second kid, but my fourth. And so she's not really getting up in the middle of the night, you know, taking care of the baby. The baby, I'm trying to let her sleep as much as possible. And so um about to lose my fucking mind. But other than that, I'm great, guys. <laughs> fucking fantastic. If that wasn't the greatest advertisement to have kids. I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Kids, uh, they said it'll be fun. They said. I don't know who the fuck they is, but I'd like to uh claim false advertisement. Face. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. You like a word with they. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we need to we need to have a side conversation away from security cameras because, yeah. So. All right, we'll we'll address the uh, the proverbial elephant in the in the in the house. So this is a bonus episode. Um, It it was it was spawned by some goings on. Um, So I will make sure that the link is in the episode. Um, description along with our link tree link and the link below the link. Um, but uh, someone that Johnny G and, and Johnny Bones and I went to high school with, um, young lady who right around our age went to high school with us, um, mother of, of two teenage twins, um, unfortunately was in a very bad accident back in the beginning of this well, middle of December. Um, and up until yesterday uh, was on life support. Unfortunately, uh, she did not survive. And it, it, we were beginning to discuss before the episode and I figured I'd, we'd jump in so that we didn't miss any of that great content, that great conversation. Um, really, really kind of hit home for me. And, and I think the consensus that we were agreeing on was really, I mean, Granted, it's never easy to lose someone, um, but when there are kids involved, it, it always adds a, a very different layer. Um, so I, you know, I always immediately think of myself just because that's the easiest thing to relate it to, and I, I try to picture like I can't even imagine being on the other end of that, um, being in that situation or being the one who is gone and leaving everyone else in the wake of that. Um, and I always like to start with quotes because quotes just get me through everything. Um, so I don't know who SD is, but, um, not, not that SD that's not appropriate for this episode, but, Uh, I think the hardest part of losing someone isn't having to say goodbye, but rather learning to live without them. Always trying to fill the void, the emptiness that's left inside your heart when they go. So that, that adds the layer, but also as a parent watching, watching quote unquote, the situation of, of two kids who, I mean, thankfully still have their other parent in their life, but it's so thoughts by all means, anyone who wants to dive in first. 
I, I just, um, first and foremost, obviously thoughts and prayers to the family. I know that sounds kind of cliche and uh, everybody that's the first go-to, you know, rest in peace, thoughts and prayers. Um, But really like mainly to the, to the children. Um, Now they're older. So I don't know. They're at like a really finicky age, right? You know, you lose your parents when you're five, six, seven, you're old enough to understand loss, maybe not five, but seven, eight, you're, you can feel it, right? You understand the loss that you miss them. Um, you have a lot of lot ahead of you. Um, not much in terms of memories behind you um, that are going to stick. So I think when you lose a parent at a younger age, it's definitely more detrimental um, than losing them at an older age. I mean, losing a parent at any age is tough and terrible, but I think if I had to choose, I'd rather be older. Now, I believe her kids are, what, 12, 13? 13, 13, That's yeah. That's still hella young, right? But it's eighth grade. Um, they've, they're going through the hardest parts of their, their lives right now, like in terms of transition and just the age that they're at and going to high school and, you know, and growing as people. And to not have their mother there is – is is obviously terrible, but they do have the memories. They do have a lot that they can fall back on. They're not going to forget her voice. They're not going to forget her face. Um, they grew up in the age of social media. There is a ton of content that Anna put out there um, that they'll be able to reflect on and say, this was my mom. This is who she was. And they'll be able to remember that. And for me, look, nothing makes it easier, right? The, the pill is always going to be hard to swallow, but if you have to search for a silver lining to me, that's, that's it. Like they're not going to grow up not knowing who their mom is, um, which I feel not saying from experience, but I feel that would be worse um, not knowing and to live every day, not knowing, but, but to go on and go through these, these years, having known her and had experiences with her and, and fond memories um, as difficult as it's going to be. Um, I think it's, I think it's easier that way. We had a friend, I want to kind of go off a little bit a couple years ago, a, a girl we went to high school with who was married to a, a guy we went to high school with who graduated a year ahead of us, um, who took his life. Um, now I grew up with this individual. He lived in my neighborhood. We played baseball together. Um, you know, there were a lot of interactions there again, we weren't best friends. We weren't super close, but we knew who he was. And um, he took his own life, unfortunately, and left behind four kids. Now, the difference for me is there's obviously tremendous loss there, and those kids are not ever going to know what it's like to grow up with the father or have that father figure. Um, not in that capacity, right? But they were so young. Most of them, I think the young, the oldest was like five or six. So like, like when I think about that, the youngest of them isn't going to have the memories, which is terrible, right? Which is sad, but they're not going to feel that tremendous loss throughout their life. They're going to have an emptiness. I feel having not known their father. Right. Um, especially when they learn the truth of how things came to be. But that being said, like they're not going to have those fishing trips to fall back on, or, you know, those trips to, to the amusement park and those memories that they're going to be able to dwell on and make them overwhelmingly sad. Um, And as terrible as that sounds, I think that's better in a way. Um, If I had to pick, you know, but any loss, in any capacity is, is tragic when there's kids involved, especially. And, um, you know, again, thoughts and prayers and, uh, and to the, to, you know, not just the kids, but the family that has to, you know, assume that role. It's not easy taking in two teenagers. Yep. So. Wait, I, I saw you, you kind of nodding in on a couple. So. Uh, again, condolences to the family. Um, it's hard at any age to lose a parent. 
it is. Uh, I lost mine. I lost my mom in 2020 in September. Uh, and it was like real sudden, real sudden. Like I didn't see it coming. Like legit, I can say I didn't see it coming. She was fine one day and then they found something and they said it was endochromatic cancer. And then I lost her. And losing her changed everything. And like you said, you get the whole, um, my condolences, you get all that. I really do cherish it more. So I think losing a parent at an older age is kind of more difficult. I'll agree with that. It's more difficult because you have so much history with the parent. You, they literally, they literally had you from when you were a kid, all the way to your adulthood, and they don't get to finish and see how much you progress or how much you do. Like I always had this weird thought that my mom would be around forever. You think your parents are superheroes; they're always going to be around until the bitter end, and then you find out the reality that they're not. And um, those kids, as long as they have a strong family support around them, and that just I don't mean just bloodline. I mean, like friends. I mean, older, older people just around them that keep them going. Then I, then I think they'll be okay. And um, speaking on the friend subject, uh, it felt like 2020 to 2021 was just, I had to take a lot of hits. You guys know, because I've spoken to you both about it or spoken to the fourth wall group about it, that I had a rough 2020 2021 and I still kept going uh my one of my high school friends literally that was like a brother to me he wasn't just my friend he was a brother he was a best friend uh passed away in July when I was on my way to moving from Jersey to Florida I got the phone call literally in the moving van from his uncle his uncle called me and I know grief, but it's like the way you explain it, I'm not going to understand it. You just have to be clear with me to tell me what's going on. They didn't, he didn't word it properly, so I didn't know what he meant at first. And then once it sunk in, you're, you're just in this state of, I lost somebody close who I grew up with. Like we were kids, like, and I've seen him as an adult and we're still growing as people and we've kept the connection. So it's hard to lose someone of that capacity um it's really really difficult and i'm i'm kind of glad you guys brought me on for this because it's more therapeutic to me to speak on these things instead of harboring them in because i can speak to everybody else or keep thoughts and positive memories but as long as i keep talking and getting things out it's like therapeutic so i appreciate you guys for even bringing me on for this absolutely um, yeah, we definitely, definitely wanted to have you on for sure. I, um, I'm going to be in for a rude awakening um, in the coming years because the last significant loss that I've had with somebody who had, was impactful in my life, who I was close with, my, were my great-grandparents. My, my paternal grandmother's um, parents. Um, we saw them often because we saw my grandparents often, uh, you know, on my dad's side. So, you know, they were, you know, we did a lot of stuff together, we vacationed together. I have so many memories. Um, and that's why I like what I was saying before, like I was in about the ninth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade when they passed. So I was old enough to have memories that I still hang on to today. Like, I don't, I really don't think I lost any of those memories, which is nice. I have that to reflect on, but, um, the stories that I hear my, my great grandfather, um, I mean, cutting his teeth as an immigrant, um, you know, come off the boat from Sicily and, you know, working for the American dream. I mean, going to work with literally like his back broken, um, because he needed to put food on the table. And after, you know, a long, hard day's work, like literally crawling home on the sidewalk because he couldn't stand upright. Um, would come home, sleep and wake up and go and do it all over again. There was no bitching out. There was no, 
you know, and like, I wish I knew him. Right. So there's, there's definitely that aspect of losing somebody at a young age where you, I mean, they were there. He was like 90. So he was, it's not like he was going to live till I was 30 anyways, but um, not, not being in a position like mature maturity wise, you know, to uh, understand the significance of the time or, or to have gotten to really know them is rough, but that was like, a long time ago. I mean, let's do the math, right? We graduated high school in 01. So, so graduated middle school in 97. So it was 95, 97, you know, you're talking 20 plus years since I lost a, a close, close relative. And, um, in some ways that, you know, obviously that I feel very fortunate. Now I've lost relatives since then uncles, um, that I was really close with when I was, um, young, but like grew apart from, you know, over the last 15 or 20 years. So there was a disconnect. Um, that was sad, but it, it didn't hit me. When my grandparents pass away, that's going to, that's going to destroy me. Um, when my parents pass away, that's going to destroy me. Um, if a sibling were to pass away, Jared, you and I have practically siblings, right? We've, we grew up together since we were, we were in like sixth grade. Um, that's going to, you know, that would destroy me if that were to happen. Like, you know, but I feel like I've gotten through life, you know, in a way um, over the last 20, 25 years, sort of scot-free. And um, that shoe's going to drop because the, some of the people that are close to me, closest to me are, are approaching the end of the road. You know, and I don't know if that makes it easier knowing that or not. I mean, Jared, you lost your grandparents um, who you were extremely close with. Uh, and yeah, I know how, like, I know how difficult that was for you. Um, Cause I know how close you were with them, but did it make it easier knowing that there was sickness or old age or whatever it was that brought it on? Like, th- did it soften the blow a little bit? So, so I was actually, it's funny you should say that. And, and this is how we roll here on the smoke and Jays. We have that. Um, so that juxtaposition, because that was my word of the day on the calendar. Okay. I'm kidding. Um, that juxtaposition of so I have my my four grandparents, my two paternal and two maternal. Um, my dad's father, I, I guess he. I was 18 when he passed, so I didn't. Not that I didn't understand the concept of life and mortality, but you understand it a lot better in your thirties than you do at 18. Just, I mean, it is what it is. Um, so I knew he had an illness. He had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and I knew that he was not well, he wasn't, I mean, he was, he was in remission for a period. So, but I knew that he wasn't in the best of health. Um, and I, I mean, I, I still remember the story like it was yesterday that we left William Patterson. I just remember feeling something's not right. Something's not right. I mean, aside from everything that happened on September 11th, I remember sitting in our dorm room and saying, something's, something's off, something's not right. And I remember we got in the car, we came back, we saw a couple of friends and I remember standing in the East camp, what was then the East campus of the Oldbridge high school. And my mother walked in and I just remember saying, why is my mother walking in? That's, that's fucking weird. And she said, we need to, we need to go. And on the car ride, that's where she told me that he had passed the day prior. So it, it was a shock, but now in the eyesight of a 30 something, like it really wasn't a shock. My mother's mother, who, you know, my, my parents were so-called younger parents. My mother's mother um, helped a lot with raising me and taking care of me when both parents were working and, and such. Um, 
I remember sitting in the restaurant with Teresa and my wife. And I remember my mom calling me and saying, something happened. She's being taken to the hospital. I'll give you a call when we know more. And I said, okay, let me know. And I remember telling my wife and she said, well, should we go? And I said, no, my mom said she's going to let me know what's going on. And the second time she called me, she said, they're moving her from the hospital near them in brick to Jersey shore medical center in long branch. Um, because they're more concerned. So at that point, that's where we packed up what we had and we went and I had the opportunity to talk to her for two minutes as they were rolling her in to do surgery, not knowing that that was the last words that I would exchange with her. Um, it was a double aneurysm, which I'll go on record and say that it's how I want to go lights out anyway. Um, but at that time, like I didn't know. So it was, and that was, I think that was a year after her husband, my maternal grandfather had passed less of a shocking circumstance. Um, his health had been declining. And then my father's mother was 93 when she passed. So I've had the, the two of out of nowhere and kind of having my opportunity to have the conversations, be around, come to, I hate the phrase, come to peace, come to terms, make peace well, with it. But well, well, like maybe closure. Yeah. Like I, I even hate saying that, but yes, all of those things. So I was going to, all of that to say, I was going to ask the question, what is, what is the, I not preferred method because there's no preferred method, but I mean, if you had to, if someone gave you the two choices and said, you need to choose, do you want to have it to be done or do you want to have it where you have time? But with that time is watching that decline is seeing them no longer themselves, no longer, able to do the things they did or be the person they were in some cases. Um, I don't know. I'll be honest. I, I, I personally don't know because as much as it was good to know that there was no suffering, there was no, that, that question of like, God, are they like sitting there on the inside of their shell saying like, God, I wish I could tell you, I understand. I, I, I hear you. I know what you're saying. I want to talk to you, but they just don't have the capability. Or is it better to have those two minutes of words as they're rolling in the stretcher and then that's it? Or have that phone call and then a day later, done. Like, I, I don't know. Me personally. Uh, Wait, I'm going to let you go with that one first, Wade, because my response is going to be way too long-winded. Um, I've had double-edged versions of both, or, the, you know, the, the both versions, and I'll stick with the one with my mom. I'll go with that one first. Watching her decline was tough, but then having the conversations. At least I got to say things. At least I got to talk to her. At least I got the opportunities to speak. And before she really declined, we had a conversation. And she told me, you know, like she said, that's the one thing in death that people don't realize a lot. The person who's dying has regret. And they're telling you that they have regret. I literally sat across from my mom in a hospital room and she's apologizing to me because she couldn't be there. I don't get to see you grow up anymore. I don't get to see grandchildren. I don't get, she's literally telling me I don't get these opportunities and I'm sorry. I, I, I can't. And she kept saying the one thing that's burned in my brain from her is I fought so hard. And I can't anymore. And I had yeah. to tell her 
to her face. I said, listen, because she's a big, she was a big superhero fan. You see kind of where I get it from. Um, and I told her, I said, even Wonder Woman doesn't need to fight all the time. She's got to put the sword and shield down sometime. She can't fight every battle. She's going to take a loss every now and then. And I said, you fought tooth and nail through everything. My mom has been through, had been through hell and back. She had an aneurysm and survived. Literally, they said her, the, the cords in her back of her head just snapped like rubber bands, like that. And she wasn't supposed to make it. Came back from that and literally got her job back, started her life over, and then had to retire because she was going blind. So she had to live with that. And then to find out she had cancer and they couldn't figure out what was going on with her and why she was even in the hospital till the last minute. She said, she kept saying she fought so hard. That's the one thing that's burned in my brain forever. I fought so hard. And then the clarification I had to give her after. And then there's a conversation you have when the person is literally about to go. You have to, you fit and It feels like you're racing against the clock. Yeah. And I hate, I hate it because it feels like I just need five more minutes. I just need 20 more minutes. I just, I need, I need more time. And I remember the day before she passed, cause they had, this is what I hate about hospitals with certain things now. And I'm going to bring this up. They gave me an ultimatum with her. Either I bring her back home and she dies at home. We send her to a nursing home. And you know, and that's when COVID was really popping off, like it was. As suicide. Yeah, I'm basically signing my mom's death warrant. Yep. Or we can keep her in the hospital. Make her sat comfortable. Down. I sat down and I said, okay. Talked about it with her brothers, my uncles. And they said, you can't bring her home. Absolutely not. That's even more traumatic. And I'm an only child. I literally had to deal with my grandmother passing into my mom passing and my uncle went in between that. So then to make that decision to say, you know what, keep her in the hospital, let her keep her as comfortable as possible. Yeah. I always have this regret that I didn't get the chance to talk more, but I know what I said to her made her happy because in this weird little twist in my mind, I always see, and I still say I do this day, whatever I told her that night, she smiled because she knew I was going to be okay. And that is the comfort you have to take when it comes to things like that. So, and I have a ton of pictures and memories of my mom. The suckiest part is, like you said, family that didn't get the chance to do that. It hurts them more because... Jared, you know, Jared, you guys both know I'm married. <laughs> I just got married. And my wife hears so much about my mother all the time. And she said, that is my biggest regret in the world that I never got the chance to meet my mother. Anymore. And that's something that hurts a lot to hear. But, Especially you since know, you don't hear people say that very often. You don't. <laughs> about you their don't. in-laws, you know. Mm-hmm. About their in-laws. But she's like, everything you've told me and from what I've heard from relatives and friends and f- other family members, are just like, your mom was an amazing woman. And yeah. it pisses me off that I didn't get that chance. But I'm grateful that I have you so you're able to tell me these things and we're able to speak on these things. So I would go with rather, I, I, I know they're going to decline but keep them as comfortable as possible and talk to them as much as you can before they go. Cause if it's quick, you don't get that chance and you have regret and doubt and things you should have said that wouldn't have been said if they were around longer. So I would rather, I know it sucks to say as long as they're, they're in a state of tranquility, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. I think I'm with you on that. I mean, um, I do want to touch on something you said earlier about like the ambiguity. Like you say the word ambiguity. Yeah, that one. Uh, Like when people are trying to tell you that somebody's on their way out and they don't, they're just not very direct with it. Um, I like just 
cut it just give it to me straight like what's the deal what's going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. right i don't want like and, and layman's terms none of this medical jargon that nobody understands you know exactly um like just just tell me what what are the chances what's happening what's going on don't sugarcoat it uh, peel that band-aid off or the duct tape off or whatever right away i just i just want to know um so i i wanted to kind of hit on that real quick but i think i'm with you um with the whole like wanting to spend as much time with them as possible under these conditions though they've got to be comfortable right the tranquility mm-hmm. um and and i don't want to see them suffering and i don't mean like physically like with pain like i mean like mentally struggling um i've had people that i know that are close to me whose parents or a parent or a relative of theirs um like was just in and out of lucidness for years um you know the whole dementia and alzheimer's thing um not knowing who they are and then to the point of not being able to take care of themselves um i don't want to say i don't want to come off the wrong way so i hope this comes across right but like in a, in a way that's like a burden right when when you've got somebody that is close to you um you know, you don't ever want to say like this, this person's a burden on me or my life or whatever, but it like, let's call a spade a spade, right? If you're, I'll take me, for example, um, I'm, I'm, I'm 39, I'll be 40 this year and I'm the oldest. And if I had to care a hundred percent of the time for somebody like a parent or somebody else, like your whole lifestyle, everything changes and and not for the better and you want to make that person comfortable and you want to make them you know their the, the memory of them last and and you want them to live as long as possible but on on for who though right like when they're gone mentally is it is it i mean we can't just off them so you got to do what you got to do but mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like you know you're caring for this person that doesn't even know who you are most of the time or is cursing you up and down left and right or yelling at you because you're trying to, you know, shout, bathe them mm-hmm. or take them to the bathroom. Um, and, and that, that abuse that you take, um, even though you know that this person doesn't know what they're saying or what they're doing, and that's not really who they are. Um, that still hurts. That still takes a toll on you emotionally and mentally. And, and, you know, you lose sight of who you are for that period of time. And, and it's, it's like, it's not a, you don't, it's an indefinite period of time. Like you don't know how long Mm -hmm. it can last. It could be three months. It could be 10 years that you're living your life this way. Um, So those are the conditions for me. Like I, I, I would not want my mom or my dad to just pass and, and get the phone call and say, Hey, they're, you know, for their sake, hopefully they went peacefully and it was mm-hmm. they weren't in pain. But for me, selfishly, there's a lot that I would want to say and get out. Maybe some positive, some negative. Um, maybe uh, you know, come to terms with some things or or make amends with certain things, apologize for things, um, just have a conversation. And I think that's what I like the most about what you said, Wade, about like you had conversations with your your mom um i would want that opportunity to try to like get to know more i'd mm-hmm. want that opportunity to find out more about their childhood or their past or ask those questions that i never thought of or like all those thanksgiving dinners where like they just wrapped up too quickly and you didn't get to finish that conversation like i'd want that opportunity absolutely i think i would be just like i th- i would be lost like if if the people i love left and, and I just was left here wondering what they thought about this or what they thought about that. Or, you know, plus I feel like you're, you're like short too, like life lessons, things that you, you mm-hmm. could take away um, to help you grow as a person. Like you miss out on that, all that. You My do. grandparents are 82 and 84 um, or 83 and 81. I don't know. They're in their eighties and they've got a lifetime of stories and lessons and um experiences that like i've only heard the tip of the iceberg and um 
you'll never hear them all, but you sure want to try. You do. You try and you hear everything. Um, like literally I had to help my mom with my grandmother when she, and she had Alzheimer's and dementia. That's right. Same time. Same time. Yeah. That's rough. And she was just, you know, she kept it together as hard as she could. She kept it together and she, she remembered my name. She remembered my birthday. I would always like test her, like mess around with her and she would get mad. That's the one (laughs) thing they don't tell you about that type of stuff that if they know they're pissed, you're asking them. <laughs> like, I'm like, what's my birthday? It's in March. I would know I was there. And I'm just like, okay, okay. I'm just making sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm just making sure. And it does take a toll, but you also, when you have those opportunities to talk to them and they're able to give you that and give you yeah. like, Hey, how come this happened when I was a kid or why? And then, and when they're in that stage of, they know they're not, going to be around much longer all uh, all shit goes out the window they are going to tell you everything you think (laughs) you didn't know and then tell you the actual truth of it like right this is what really happened and this is why this is like this so i want you to know when i go this is why and i'm just like oh oh oh, and then you figure it out and then you once they tell you these things you look at people and family (laughs) members and events yeah. real different yeah <laughs> real different storylines yeah. change change dramatically <laughs> the variants come out yep and you're just like i i see it i get yeah piece of shit <laughs> I, I wonder if anybody's ever like done that intentionally but like lied about it on their way out just because they hated a family member so much and they wanted them to you know what i mean like can you, could you imagine like your mom <laughs> telling you some bullshit story about a relative of yours that they maybe had bad blood with it was like yeah this bitch she did this 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 and this and none of it's true she's just telling you that because mm. she wants you to hate her too and then that other person's like what are they gonna do you like the, the person that made those claims is no longer here so exactly like but like your mom's would be sitting there like getting that last laugh in, you know? Oh, believe um, me. I, I wonder it, if, if people have done that. that. I wonder I, if people have done that. Oh, I sure. would, you know what the thing I'm is? Sure. I'm sure. And you know what the thing is? It's all, I think it's guys. I think it's guys all the time. Us, we like to get the last laugh somehow. <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Take it to him one and more time. One more time before I get out of here. Like, I'm gonna, yup. <laughs> I got to one up you. And you can't wanna, touch me after that. <laughs> I want to, I want to set something up. Like, I, you know, I, I always used to say, like, I don't want to know when I'm going to go, right? Um, I kind of just want it to happen. But, like, now I have kids, and I'm like, well, I kind of would, like, if I had that crystal ball, like, I would I would kind of want to know so that I can make the most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I guess I got no choice but to make the most of the time I got anyway. So, you know, it is what it is. But if I did know, man, I would set up some funny-ass prankster shit. And, like, and I would, and I would like, you know, maybe like a scavenger hunt or like, you know, super glue fucking pennies to the floor. You know what I mean? Like just stupid shit that I know would piss people off, but then they would think back and be like that motherfucker, you know? And then I'm just sitting here as I'm, as I'm waiting for that white light, you know, just be laughing my ass off, imagining these people cursing me out after I'm gone. Um, You know, I want to have time to be able to like go out on that note and and Mm -hmm. leave that impact, you know, have, have some fun with it. Um, Being taken from this world i mean when it's your time it's your time right sickness yep. and disease and this and that but car accidents motorcycle accidents um how many how many videos have you watched you know of like just random shit on youtube like car crashes and like this guy's walking across the intersection and stops to pick up something that he saw and then he looks up and there's a fucking a truck flying by to blue or red light or or you know ricocheted off it and like had that guy taking another half a step i mean like you know he yeah Yeah. like done all right so like it's it's wild when you see things like that and you're like wow like that's i don't want to make this a spiritual thing or religious thing because you know there's a lot of stuff out there that could be but like some shit was taking control in that moment because Mm -hmm. like it went though when i see stuff like that that's when i'm like yeah no there's when it is your time it is your time but when it is your time and you go out on some silly ass shit like that, um, 
and it's always the good people. Uh, always, you know, and I, I had a, I had a kid. I call him, I call him a kid because I mean, he was a kid when I, when I knew him, I used to coach his, his, I coached his little league team. I was 18 years old. He was like 12, I think. Um, and, uh, and he grew up like with my brother. Um, and he died in a motorcycle accident and wasn't doing nothing wrong. I mean, it was just trolling around in the right lane. Um, he had his girlfriend on the back um, and a, a BMW was merging onto the highway and it was just the wrong place, wrong time, blind spot. I don't know if the, the car didn't see or the car cut over too quickly or sped up or didn't look, whatever the case may be. But, you know, I mean, he's on a crotch rocket and he pretty much died. Uh, you know, I think he died at the scene and the girlfriend was in the hospital for a while. She went living but this guy he grew up to be a fucking awesome human being and i regret not knowing him growing up but like there was a huge age difference like he was my brother's age you know um and we're like five years apart so or no seven years apart. um so so yeah like when you hear about shit like that it's like why why that fucking guy mm-hmm. you know why this girl, single mom with two with two kids in their teens, you know, um, those situations they, they just suck, man. They suck. And and anytime, anytime there are other people left in the wake, like not that, not that single people passing is any better, because anyone suddenly or tragically being taken is not good but when there's that those added layers the you know the kids the i'm sure there's been instances where you know someone dies in an accident and they were one of the primary caretakers for a sick parent elderly parent um you know an aunt or uncle that needs that help and that person like that just it adds another layer to it um and uh, going back to the the whole telling stories and all that the one thing that not i learned but that i was reaffirmed when my dad's father passed um i have very 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 fond memories vivid memories of so my, my father worked at the, the Exxon refinery in, in Linden. So he would work some nights. And when he would work the night shift, it was 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And he would get out, have breakfast with us or with me and my grandparents. And then he would go sleep and I, you know, we'd be at my grandparents' house. So we'd be sitting at my grandparents' breakfast table and I would just... I would look at my grandfather and say, Oh, you know, tell me more stories. And I mean, this is a guy who he was, he was in world war two, which I knew that. And I knew that he was on a B 24 didn't find out specifics until after he had passed. Um, And then he worked with Exxon. He actually was sent to different locations around the world so my dad and my uncles spent time in Greece, Australia. I mean, he was in different countries. And so he would tell these stories from, he would just go to the default, the, the refinery, talking about, you know, the time where the guy was in such a rush to get to the fire that he drove the fire truck right out of the, the garage. The door hadn't gone up all the way and ripped the door off and half of the equipment off the top of the truck. And, you know, what an idiot and all this other stuff. And, and and as great of a story as that is for a six, seven, eight, nine-year-old kid, like that's hilarious. And you're laughing and you're, you're listening to these stories of these, you know, experiences, not knowing that I find out, um, God, not even right after he passed, it was probably about 10 years ago. I just happened to randomly Google. If you've, if you've never Google searched your own name or a relative's name that's no longer with you, do it because 
I mean, some things you might not want to see, but some things you'd be amazed. So, and when I brought it up to family, it was, oh, you didn't know that? There's a book all about the 449th bomb group, which was the, there was the bomb group and then there was the different companies. So he was in one of the companies of the bomb group, come to find out that his plane took heavy fire. They landed inside the borders of Italy and Italian separatists who were allies got him and his fellow guys that survived the parachuting from a burning plane, got them across the border into France safely. And they weren't captured. I had no idea. Had no clue. But like those are those stories. Those are those conversations that like I would have loved. And I, and I also understand that a lot of people who have gone away to war and, and, you know, be it the old world war two, Korea, Vietnam, or even the current day wars that they don't want to talk about it. They want to leave it there. But, but those stories, had I known stuff like that, like those kind of stories to be able to tell that yeah, or to li- mm-hmm. really to listen to it is like so much more exciting in hindsight than hearing about a fire truck, having all the equipment ripped off the top, but just, those conversations have them. I, um, I a hundred percent agree as well, because that's, you know, that's something, especially like, I mean, that's days worth of conversations. Now tell me about this and tell me about that. It opens the gates for other stuff, you know, like I, like my, my, my grandfather was in the army. I don't know too much about, about it. Like he, we don't talk about, I don't know what he, I don't know too much about what he did or, or like, you know, battle war stories, anything like that. You know, obviously he, he wasn't there very long, but like, he's got to have something right. You know, um, but he does talk about like some of his, uh, his army buddies from time to time and uh, whatever, but like, those are conversations that I, man, I wish I'd have had, I mean, he's still here so I could have them, but like, I wish I had him years ago. And cause it's like, Here's the thing I think none of us none of us really think about. And I don't know if it's because we take it for granted or we just don't it doesn't cross our mind, but it's like you always think you're gonna have that next time. You know, you always think you're gonna like, ah, uh, you know, we'll um we'll we'll finish this conversation later, we'll talk about this next time, or it's getting too late, or I want to get home early because of traffic or I'm tired or this. Like, I don't know. I just um think you're always going to have like those those regrets you could have done more could have been around longer but trying to live in the moment and, and take advantage of every opportunity to its max is like paramount you know agreed you not, have not to waiting those for those moments. tomorrows just take them just go just have them literally sit down if i could go back and i keep saying this if i could go back to like just sitting down with my mom and having a cup of coffee and just shooting the shit Cause that's what we would do, and we yeah. we we talked about everything. <laughs> she even said, like, she told me this is the funniest thing ever, and I and I love her to death for it. If any of your stupid exes come to my fucking funeral, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of the grave and smack the shit out of you. And I'm like, okay, so. <laughs> and my my I had one of my uh, my friend who passed later. I was like, dude, you got to keep a certain person away. They cannot show up message them tell them whatever they can't come they are not allowed to come i know they want to pay their respects but they are not allowed to right. <laughs> no no my mother honestly. and he Send understood flowers. when i explained when i explained it he was like yo i told her <laughs> she, she ain't coming <laughs> so i like like we like you know was spoken about take that time you never know have those conversations laugh cry get every conversation you could possibly have even the stupid ones that you like you said you wish you could not have that conversation about a fire truck with the doors coming up but you'll still have that because it's a memory you'll keep absolutely so you just cherish it i literally can think of stupid stuff my and my mom would talk about and i laugh about it to this day and i explain to my wife and she thinks it's like the funniest thing ever like yeah i could see your mom doing that (laughs) i hope that um 
I hope that I, I have the time the to like have those conversations and sort of so like my my family situation is a little crazy right now. Things are a little rocky. Like mm-hmm. my mom and I were arguing over the last couple of weeks um, over some stuff. And um, my father and I, we had some issues over the years. Um, and so we're like, I don't know, not at odds, but we're just not like boys, you know? And um, mm-hmm. so like, I don't know, I wish I could sit down and have those conversations and maybe mend those fences and, um, you know, make the most of the time that's left. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a two way street, you know, and I could be the person that says, Hey, you know, let's, let's talk about this or let's, let's bury the hatchet with that. And let's mm-hmm. move forward. Um, I don't know. Maybe I have a little bit of a part of me that feels like things just might not change. So why bother? But um, I don't know. I hope I do get that time. I hope that we all live, you know, to be as old as can be. And, um, and this is just a blip on the, on the radar or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. And then, you know, we can kind of find finish things up on a, on a happy note and have these conversations laughing about that time that mom did this or dad did this, or, you know, your brother or sister did that, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's all about what you make of it too, though. Right. I mean, exactly. It's what you make of it. And it's something my cousin told me uh, when her father had passed my uncle and then my mom passed. She said, you have to change the family dynamic. It starts with you. If you feel this way, right. if you think you want to fix these things and, you know, say, hey, listen, it's what under the bridge. I'm over it. Let's move on. Right. Then you do that because you're changing the family dynamic. And that is one of the biggest things I can tell somebody. If you see patterns in your family, that aren't working and you want to cherish them more because you know, they're up in age, things are going the, the way the world is now fix it. Right. Take the opportunity to, because you don't know, you don't know. So, True. you know, f- fix, fix the family fences before the uh, bridges burn. I mean, how, how much energy do people spend on holding grudges and being angry at someone and, hating hating someone for i mean let's be honest a lot of those situations are they really life-altering situations or were they minor or petty or picky or whatever whatever Mm -hmm. name you want to call them were they really worth the energy you spent hating somebody that after you know before a certain point rather you might have had so many great memories with, or so many great conversations with, and just something happened that flipped that switch. You know, is it really worth scrapping those? Mm-hmm. And you know what? Look, in some cases, you have to look at the whole picture. In some cases, I know in the previous episode, we talked about. Did we talk about it? I don't know. It may or may not have been a mystery episode. I, I forget. But we talked about, um, I talked about the situation with my mother's brother. And, you know, when you look in full hindsight, was not that it was a one-way street, but was it where one of those ways on the street was always negative and bumpy and rocky? Well, okay, in that case, maybe that fence can't be mended. Because mm-hmm. the person on the other side of the fence is not willing to help you fix that fence. Yeah. Well, I'm not doing all the hard work so you can reap the benefit. It's just not going to work that way. But yeah, there are times where it's like, look, this situation happened, but in the grand scheme of things, is it really worth me throwing away years and years and years of a relationship? Mm-hmm. And those are the times where you need to sit down as adults and say, look, you know what, as bad as that may have been or may not have been in some cases, we, we need to fix this. We need to make this right because we only have so many years on this rock before mm-hmm. we're six feet under the surface of the rock. So agreed. And and that's the that's the takeaway from that one. Um well guys, I, I, I think this is uh this is 
this was very good. It was great conversation. Um, Wade, we, we definitely appreciate you joining us and, and your contributions. Um, we definitely are going to have you on. I've already, did, you know, we've talked about mm-hmm. a much more positive episode to have you back on. So we are, we are going to do that and we will talk about that. Um, so one more time, uh, please, by all means, go through uh, what you have coming up. Give us your, all your specifics, all your info. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, I am on a very cool, lavish network called the Fourth Wall Pop Network. And my show is called The Most Lavish Podcast, where I talk about all things pop culture, comic books, movies, TV, you name it, video games. Uh, this week's episode is going to be very fun. Like I said, we're going to talk about Peacemaker and I'm going to have a special guest, you know, who's grown so deeply and very close to my heart <laughs> when it comes to these shows. I'm not going to say who on air, but you have to listen to the episode to find out. Um, I, I am available on Twitter at The Most Lavish Podcast. I'm available on Instagram at The Most Lavish Pod. If you want to reach out to me personally, it's at Wade Olson on Twitter. I'm not sharing my Instagram because it got hacked. So <laughs> that's that. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Um, Johnny G, anything you would like to share before we close the book for the evening? Nah, man, I'm good. I thank you, Wade, for coming on. It was uh, it was awesome to finally put a um, a live face to the name. Um, right. I've seen cartoon pictures of you before, um, <laughs> but ne- but never the actual you know flesh there. So. Thanks for popping on on an uh, impromptu uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night, whatever it is. And, um, you know, can't wait to have you back on soon. Absolutely. I, I had a very, I'm not going to say great time. I had a very right. thought-provoking conversations piece with yes. you both. And I really, it's, it's not, it's out of my norm, but I enjoyed what I did. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this is a little far off the uh, beaten path for us, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I appreciate Jared, you, you putting it together kind of last minute, just kind of in light of what, what happened. I mean, I know we weren't close with this particular individual, but, um, nonetheless, we did, we did share some memories. We shared uh, a desk space for, for a long time. Um, this person grew up in our hometown and, um, you know, thoughts and prayers again for the family. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and, and to that note, uh, we will put the link in the description of this episode to the GoFundMe page. Um, the GoFundMe page is run by uh, one of the family members. It is going to, uh, most importantly, the um, the funeral costs, uh, but also anything that is above and beyond the funeral costs is going to, I believe they're setting up uh, an account or a trust, or I am not good with that kind of financial stuff, but um, they are putting something together for uh, her two twins. So um, big, small, in between, um, anything that, that you can contribute, um, please do. Um, you know, always it, it's going to something very important to the family, whatever the case is. So uh, that link will be in the description of this episode. Um, want to wrap up just want to say thank you uh for listening appreciate you joining us for our bonus episode here of the smoking jays um of course obviously found exclusively here on the fourth wall pop network because we wouldn't have it anywhere else um to find all the ways you can show support check out also in the description the linktree link which is now new and improved you'll have to check it out just to see um, follow us. You can find us on Twitter at Smoking Jays Podcast. Not very active on Twitter, not gonna lie. Uh, however, Smoking Jays Podcast on Instagram—that's uh, the go-to. Uh, please tell a friend, spread the good word, spread the good word about the show, spread the good word about the network. Um, however, you would like to do that, please like, share, subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Um, I am just Jared. He is Johnny G, the dad bot aficionado. 
of course, our special guest. Thank you again, Mr. Wade Elson, um, from the Most Lavish Podcast, also here on the Fortune Pop Network. Um, until then, he would, if he was with us, say, we'll see you when we're looking at you. But until next time, please bury the hatchet. Please take care of your loved ones and your family, and we'll see you soon. I know you're probably scared